JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan is here with a full breakdown of the Bucks drafts, undrafted free agents, and more. It's all on the Best in Class podcast presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford, BillCurryFord.com. Let's get right to it. Here's Sean diving into those picks. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Sullivan coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. I'm so excited. The draft is over. Some great stuff. We're going to go through, uh, we're going to meet the Bucks today. So we're going to have a nice quick podcast about meeting the Bucks because we have all summer to break these guys down. I'm very excited. I just got done with my crossover podcast on markets. So if you're interested in what's going on in money trends, if there's going to be a recession, lots of answers at On Markets. It's a fantastic podcast. Please follow them on, on Apple, Podbeam. Uh, what else, Grace? Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, please follow them. They are great people, very knowledgeable to get your financial information. They also have some terrific stories and they also have some sports stories. So what a terrific group of men. I'll be on that podcast releasing next week. Is that correct, Grace? Yes. Very exciting stuff on markets, so uh, please follow them. Also, Lori just bought a brand new, uh, actually not a brand new Jeep, uh, brand new to me, brand new to her. She bought one of our pre-owned Jeeps with a lifetime warranty, and as you know, she almost, I mean, she's right on the cusp of being the very first defensive line coach in the NFL for a woman. I I can feel it because, you know, her boss just got promoted to uh, assistant uh, defensive coordinator or 50-50 share of defensive coordinator. I'm not quite sure how that works. I'm not in that industry, but she's so close and she's such an amazing person and she's so involved with our Buccaneers and I'm so happy every time I get a chance to talk to her. And I love selling cars to Bucks coaches, to Bucks players. It makes my day. I gave her a big hug yesterday and she's all excited because all of the uh, rookies are showing up at uh, camp and she's doing the walkthroughs. So congratulations to Lori. Uh, you are a fantastic human being. I wish you the very best as, as your defensive line. I can't wait for you to get that promotion. Set the standard for women in the NFL. You deserve it. You're a great person. And you represent your family. And you represent Bill Curry as a customer. I love that so much. Go Bucks. We also, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Inferno, which is the women's NFL football program. They are amazing people. They are everyday people, soldiers, mothers, businesswomen. They are amazing people who play a terrific sport. Please check out the Tampa Bay Inferno. You can get your tickets here free at Bill Curry Ford. Come on in. See Grace. We'll get you tickets and send your family to watch some amazing football. Uh, Take your sons and daughters. They'll have a fantastic time. Please go to BillCurryFord.com, see all of our wonderful specials. Our new showroom for the Giant Returns is coming uh, very, very soon. I can't wait. I'll make the live announcement on Joe Bucks Fan when you can come and see the new showroom. It's over a $3 million investment. It is phenomenal when I, th- when I say that. It is going to be representation of how I feel about Tampa, how the Currys feel about Tampa. Tampa, you deserve this. A premier dealership in the world, and I can't wait for everyone to see it. We're buying cars still, so uh, your car's never worth more than it is in this market. So please come on in, and uh, I will purchase your car, and I will pay top dollar. And if you want to buy something for me, buy something. If not, that's not a problem. I'll do both. And as you can listen on On Markets, where we talked about the car industry, and we talked about some, some money issues. So uh, again, please listen to On Markets. Again, follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All right, let's get into the draft, guys. Basically, the Bucks traded down the 27th pick 
as you guys all know, we swapped picks with Jacksonville Jaguars. In return, we got the number 106 pick, which is the first pick in the fourth round, and we got the 180th pick, which was the first pick in the sixth round. So the way I look at it, when we drafted number 33, we drafted Logan Hall defensive tackle out of Houston, and I wrote an article about Logan Hall that was published on Joe Buck's fan where I talked about how the Bucks were very interested in him as a pass-rushing uh, in, internal presence. So what I wanted to explain to, to, to the listeners, we didn't just get Logan Hall. It, we, we got Logan Hall plus a fourth plus a sixth for the 27th pick. So in, in essence, we got Logan Hall and we got uh, Cade Otten, and then we got the pick that we used to acquire uh, McCollum. So in essence, we, it's not just Logan Hall. So I heard so many people say, oh, listen, the trade down was brilliant. Jason Light did a brilliant job gauging who, if he could still get one of the, his three top guys. I believe that Logan Hall was one of his three guys that he wanted. And he could still get them and pick up two picks, one in, first in the fourth round and first in the sixth round, and only drop down six picks. This is a phenomenal move by Jason Light. I believe that, that this is what's important for the Bucs was to get that defensive tackle, which, as you know, I predicted Devontae Wyatt. He was on the clock at 27. He went to the Packers, which is our arch nemesis. So I really didn't like that um, very much. But again, I understood the positional that where we were in the draft and what Jason Light was trying to do to move down. All right. So let's look at the number 33 pick in the second round. By the way, not only did we pick up two extra picks, which would be uh, are probably a starting tight end if Gronk doesn't come back and possibly uh, Logan Hall as, as a starter. Um, we also saved salary cap money. So this, again, was a salary cap move by Jason Light to keep this team together where we're not paying first-round money. We're paying second-round money down to Logan Hall. So it's a brilliant move. So let's talk about Logan Hall. Vegas ADP, which I, if you guys listen to, to my podcast, which I'm sure you do because you're listening now, and you listen to Joe Buck's fan, the average draft position by Vegas for Logan Hall was 31. Guys, he was picked 33. So how close is that? That's pretty amazing stuff uh, from Vegas, all right? So Logan Hall, 6'6", 283 pounds, 32-inch arms, 9.5-inch hands. Um, he ran a 4.840, which is crazy for a man his size. 4.4, 20-yard uh, shuttle, and a 7.25, three-cone. Uh, I'm going to read what the scouts are saying about Logan Hall, and then we're going to talk about the overall use of Logan Hall. So Hall became a big-time player. He garnered first-team All-American Athletic Conference honors with a team-high 13.5 tackles for loss. Which, as again, if you if you listen to my podcast, those tackles for loss are super important to me. Six and a half sacks and 48 tackles and only 12 starts. So that's really high in production. Um, this guy dominated um, at Houston. Let's see what another scout says. Hardworking two-year starter with a projectable frame and development traits. They believe he can put on some muscle and some weight. He probably can get over just around 300 pounds. Very physical. He's best suited for the three-four uh, alignment. Surprise. That's what we play. He's segmented and a little gradual in his attack, but flashes violent hands and forward charge at an interior rusher. So, again, we went into this draft with Jason Light saying and Todd Bowles saying we really need to get more push up the middle because last year we really got exposed when Jason Pierre-Paul went out. You, can, you saw that our outside rush stopped and we were getting no push on the inside. And I think that they went into the offseason going, we're going to get push on the inside. And they drafted a player that they can, he can play the three, the four and the five technique, and he can also play outside linebacker. So this is a player that can play multiple positions on the defensive line, probably more adaptable than any other player on the Buccaneers to include Will Golston. Because Golston can only, I think Golston can play three and he can play outside, but 
I believe that Logan Hall, and this is a Todd Bowles question, but I believe he plays the three, four, and five, and he plays outside linebacker. So that's a lot of depth, and, a, and he has an explosive first step. So let's see what Todd Bowles said about him. This is a Todd Bowles statement. With a long body and reach, Hall will provide an explosive off-the-ball football player. So off-the-ball football is pretty much um, how we talk about off-the-ball linebackers, where how can they play in space? Can they get to the ball when the ball's in motion? And basically they're saying that he has the size of a defensive tackle, but he moves like a linebacker. Bowles said that he had him on his radar ever since the scouting combine in February. We got along really well. We got to know him really well. Bowles said got to see him pretty good and understand what he thinks and what he likes. Bowles also talked to Grant Stewart, who was our, our last pick of the draft last year, who was a teammate of Halls at Houston, which I think is always interesting when we draft teammates. Bowles said he talked good about him during the week, but we did our own homework, and the film speaks for itself with this guy. Once you see him on tape, he jumps out to you. So I think that's fantastic stuff. I was a big fan of Logan Hall, not in the first round. I thought he was a second-round draft pick. We got him... We ended up getting him at 33, which I think is terrific value when you think we added two other picks in this draft. So we basically, with the 33rd overall pick or the 27th overall first round pick, we got a lower salary cap. We got Logan Hall, who's a terrific player, and we got Cade Otten, and then we ended up using another pick to, to, to um, go up and get uh, McCollum, the, the defensive back. So again, congratulations to Logan Hall. So we're going to have so much more over the summer on him. He's just came into camp. So the 17th of May, I think they have their small rookie mini camp and they have tryout players going on right now. So let's head on down to our second round pick. Jason Light used the sixth round pick he gained in Thursday night's trade with the Jaguars, along with the Bucks 60th overall pick to move up to 57th overall. So we did another trade and we moved up to get Luke Gadicki, a guard um, out of Central Michigan. So again, fits Jason Light's deal here. Small school guy, huge production. PFF said he was the best right tackle in football last year in college football for the run. So he was rated as the number one right tackle in running the football. We're going to drop him into play left guard, but he's 6'5", 312, 32-inch arms, 9.5", hands. Fantastic player. Uh, his bench press was 26. I wrote that down. I have some really interesting quotes about Luka Dickey, but... We did draft him higher than he was rated. So we jumped about 40 spots, in my opinion, to draft him. And I can explain to you why a lot of people were like, well, he's a third-round grade, and we drafted him in the second round. There was a run on interior tackles and guards, guys. There was a run on them. So, I mean, Cole Strange, for goodness sakes, went, to, went in the first round, and he was a second- to third-round grade. All of these guards started going, and Jason Light was sitting there going, okay, I'm looking at the board. This is the guy I really want. Let's go ahead and just build Parcells because Bill Parcells said, doesn't matter where you draft a guy, get the guy you want and make sure he's a player. So Jason Light has a lot of faith that Luka Dickey is, is going to be a starting guard in the NFL, and he's a violent guy. Some of the things he said are absolutely hilarious. So after his selection, he said, he made, this is a quote from him. He said, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an a-hole on the football field. I can't lie about it. I don't even think about it. I'm a glass eater. Okay, we drafted a guy that literally said that he's a draft eater. Are you kidding me? A glass eater. Glass. The guy eats glass. I mean, that's tough. So you're going to go in with Jensen as your, as your center, who, by the way, probably is fighting someone right now uh, at, the, in, in, at the Starbucks line. And then you, we're, we're going to go to a guy that says who, who basically characterizes himself as a glass eater. Love it. 
Um, let's see what the NFL scouts have to say about him. Uh, basically, he's a uh, plug-and-play guard in, in the NFL. He's not going to play tackle. He's going to play some tackle in a pinch. So this, this might be a guy that we can move around the line. Uh, other than center, he can probably play both guard spots and right tackle. Probably not left tackle, but if, if he does learn that side of his body, he might be able to play left tackle. I'm not sure. But in a pinch, you got exactly what Jason Light wants. He wants, he, he wants these guys that can play center and guard uh, and the guys that can play guard and tackle. He's getting that in, in, in Luka Dickey. And this guy, I think he's a little crazy based on everything I, I saw. So it's, it's kind of crazy. So, again, the scouts say he's a tight end. Everybody knows that. That was turned. He's only had two years playing experience. He was the number one rated run blocker in college football last year from the right tackle spot. His demeanor and technique are above average. He's basically he finishes blocks like an NFL veteran. He put in time to build his frame. He has shorter arms, which is why he's not going to play tackle in the NFL. But this guy projects as, a, as an instant starter. So we'll see when you go into camp. We'll see how he competes. Moving on. I'm so excited about this pick. I can't tell you. Joe Bucks fan listeners, best in class listeners, please listen to me. My top rated running back, if you listen to my breakdown in running backs, was Rashard White. Because he fits this team to a T. Le'Ve- Le'Veon Bell, uh, this is a young Le'Veon Bell. I was reading Joe Buck's fan, and I listened to all the people say that there were better backs on the, on the uh, draft board. And I'm like, based on what? What film have you guys watched that would make you think that there's better backs on, on the thing because they have bigger names? I don't care about the names. I care about the production. This guy averaged 6.3 yards a carry. He scored 15 touchdowns. This guy has, he was a former wide receiver. He lined up in the slot, and he was a running back. This guy can play two positions. You know, he ran a 4-4-8-40. He had a 38 vertical jump. He had a 125 broad jump. This is going to be Tom Brady's guy. Uh, I'm telling you, th- this guy is going to not, and I'm not saying he's going to surpass. Leonard Fournette is a Pro Bowl NFL Super Bowl champion. Leonard Fournette is one of the top players at his position in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. Richard White was drafted as a depth guy and a guy that can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. So he's Ronald Jones' replacement, but with hands. All right? Um, his running style, everybody says Le'Veon Bell. I think Eddie George, when I see his up, up straight running style. Terrific hands. By the way, he didn't fumble in his career at ASU, right? So think about that. No fumbling. His hands are considered the best in the NFL draft. Not, not second best, guys. Not third best. He's considered the best hands from the running back position in the NFL draft. And if you watch him at the combine, he's as smooth as it gets. He has this tall... Uh, like uh, body, he carries his weight very well. He's very, very muscular legs and arms, but not overly, you know, size where he doesn't, he loses flexibility. He's going to jump cut and he's going to run right up. He doesn't dance. He's going to run and fight for those yards. This is a real guy. So I know Sean King endorsed him and I know some other players really liked him a lot. I was on this guy two months ago talking to Lita Kemper. And I said, there's this guy that was a former wide receiver. This guy's playing. And he finished the year with 182 carries for 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. And he also caught 456 yards, roughly 543 receptions at 11 yards a pop. I mean, this guy's versatility is amazing. He's going to have to learn pass pro. I think that um, Todd Bowles talked about that, or Jason Light talked about the, the pass pro. But let's see what the scouts say about him. He's a solid split between zone and gap runs. 96 of his attempts were a product of zone blocks and 64 were by gap play calls. White does not offer much experience as a kick or punt returner, so he's not a special teams guy. 
White has a slippery running style. He leans and contorts his body to avoid big hits. He has forced 21 missed tackles this season. He used his jump cuts to lose defenders in the alley. He executes a smooth spin to evade defenders from his up-the-field style. He has incredible ball security. White does a good job of always protecting the football, even on long runs. He has not fumbled. He recovers and protects the ball when multiple defenders are present. So he does a, gr a great job of, 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 of preempting uh, uh, and protecting the ball before he's hit. He keeps the ball tight to his arm and the notes firmly in his palms. Passing down skills, White's A trait is a trump card. His ability is a pass catcher. He is a threat out of the backfield and in the slot. He has more than 400 receiving yards and averages 11 yards per carry or uh, per catch. He presents a mismatch for every linebacker and safety in the NFL. This guy is the real deal. Okay, so my my thinking is on this: if Godwin does have an extended amount of time out, and we didn't draft a receiver, we did sign some free agents that we're going to go over, and but we didn't draft a wide receiver. This guy can line up in the slot in the short term, if you if in, in certain sets, and then we can put him in the backfield on other sets. So you can actually have. White and Fournette on the field at the same time, which, by the way, that's going to make Brady happy. Uh, Jason Light on White. A lot of these backs, I say most of them in college, you can pick apart their pass protection skills. It's a lost art, Light says. As long as they're willing and as long as they're smart and as long as they want to do it, you've got a chance to make them better and work on their weaknesses in that regard at this level. We saw that with him. We saw passion. This guy's a driven guy with a chip on his shoulder. Guys like that will always have a chance. Jason Light. So that is some awesome stuff by Jason Light. So let's get on. Uh, that was one of my favorite picks of the entire draft. I've talked about it pre-draft, that I love that guy. So I'm so happy that Jason Light drafted him. Let's get on to the tight ends, right? So 106th overall pick, Kate Otten, tight end out of Washington. Vegas's ADP was 100. He was drafted at 106. How close is that, guys? That's, that's amazing how close Vegas is, right? 6'5", 247, 32-inch arms, 9.5-inch hands. Uh, let's see what the scouts say about him. He was a four-year starter, which makes Bill Parcells happy. The program turns out a history of NFL talent at tight end. Auden is an instinctive route runner with agile feet and tight quarters and great feel for changing speeds inside routes. He has sudden, reliable hands and is skilled athletic enough to shine against man coverages. Auden was expected to block for the run, and he did with adequate technique. The really interesting thing is I found two scouts that said he was the best tight end blocker in this draft. So, again, a physical blocker with great technique that has very good hands, that can get open. This is one of the other scouts. I think he's the best I've seen so far in 2021 getting himself open in routes. That's a really big deal for me when I watch tight ends. Can they get open in the NFL? So one NFC scout actually said he was the best tight end in the draft at getting open. Otten was a big part of Washington's rushing attack where he was a solid wide blocker. He aligned 61.8% of the time in line and 33.6 as a big slot. He caught 28 passes on 43 targets for 250 yards and a touchdown during 2021. He finished his time at Washington with 91 catches on 121 targets. That's an amazing percentage, guys, for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. And by the way, he went to college with Joe Tryon, which I think, again, we pick another guy th that referred him. So I'm assuming that Joe Tryon referred him just, just like um, Gadicki did with, uh, with uh, Stewart. So if you look at it, it seems like Jason Light has a pattern here where he likes to go back into these schools and get people that, that he's familiar with. So Kate Otten, a solid pick. If Gronk doesn't come back, which I'm, I'm really hoping he does, I, I think Kate Otten has a chance to, to have a huge role. I think Bright starts and Kate Otten gets worked in there. Moving on to the next pick, 133rd pick is uh, Jake Camarda, the punter out of Georgia. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about that. 157th pick is Zion McCullum. His Vegas ADP was 110. We took him at 157. We did a trade up to get him. We traded our 2023 fourth round pick to Jacksonville to trade up and, and pick him. This guy is amazing. So Zylan McCollum had the greatest combine in the history of the NFL for a QB. When I say QB, I mean cornerback. Sorry, CB. He, greatest ever. 4-3-3-40. 39.5 vertical. 132 broad jump. 6.4 three-cone drill. 3.94 20-yard shuttle. He is the first player that I've seen under four ever following the draft. And the 20-yard shuttle is, I've never even seen a 3.94. Not only that, he catches the ball. Let's see what scouts say about him. So besides him being 6'2", 200 pounds, with 30-inch with arms and 9-inch hands, he's a ball-hawking uh, corner with outstanding combination of size and athletic traits for the next level. McCollum is big and plays with good physicality and coverage, but his footwork to match the release and phase, the, the, the route tend to stand out. So basically what they're saying is this guy can turn his hips, and he's, he's very instinctive, and he gets his hands, and he's got long arms for, um, for a 6'2 guy. He's instinctive and has great ball skills at the catch point. He plays His play speed is good but not great, which is one of those things. You, you teach him technique so he can use that 4-3 speed. He can play press, and he can play all forms of zone and has early special teams value uh, as a gunner on special teams. He also uh, he went to the same high school as Mike Evans, which is really incredible, which I thought was cool. At the Senior Bowl, the Bucks scouts told McCollum if he ran faster than a 4-4-5 40-yard dash that they would draft him. McCullum himself told the media that after running a blazing time of 4-3-3, he texted his agent and said, I'm going to be a Buccaneer. Really, really interesting player. I think he's going to, he's going to take a year to develop, I think, but he gives us some depth right away. But my goodness, if you can, the way the Bucs have been developing players, can you imagine what they can do with a guy like this? Go Todd Bowles, man. Definitely a great time to be a Buccaneer. All right, round six, number 218. We drafted Co Keith, uh, tight end out of Minnesota. The Bucks traded picks 235 and 261 to the Rams to move up to draft Kokeeft. If you haven't, on Joe Bucks fans, seen the video of him being told that he was drafted, it's amazing. Please uh, watch that video on Joe Bucks fan. It's, it's, I love it. He's 6'5", 265 out of Minnesota. Let's see what the scouts say about him because I don't know much about him. He was not on the top uh, 25 tight ends. I'm not sure if they're even going to use him as a tight end or they're going to use him as a fullback or, or an H-back. Uh, or like Jonathan Wells' position when they were on fourth and one or goal line, they would put another guard in. This might be a position for Kokeeft, but Keeft is a punishing blocking tight end who showed with the Gophers that he could pop out and catch a pass on occasion. He will earn his keep in the NFL as a special teams player primarily, but he's a potential valuable blocker in the run game. He now joins former Gophers Antonio Winfield Jr. and Tyler Johnson on our team. One of the scouts said he's the nastiest blocker in the entire draft class. It's 6'4", 259 pounds. The Bucks aren't drafting him to catch. They're drafting him to be a monster blocker, capable of driving defenders off the ball and pancaking them well down the field. Guys, if you haven't noticed a trend, we drafted a running back. We drafted a, a guard that was the number one running uh, tack, right tackle in college football. We drafted the number one blocking tight end in Kate Otten. We drafted another tight end, Kokeeft, who's known for knocking people and pancaking people in the run. It looks like Todd Bowles is going to run the ball more this year based on what we're looking at. Round seven, Andre Anthony, Edge, LSU, 6'4", uh, um, 251 pound um, Edge linebacker. Basically, he, he's, a, he's a pass rusher. Uh, he ran a 4'6", 340. Uh, the positives on this guy, because I don't know a lot about him because he was injured last year, 
Um, despite suffering the knee injury in just three games the past season, Anthony was healthy enough to participate in LSU's Pro Day. He ran a 4.63. He had 21 on the bench press. He has good size, obviously, for a pass rusher, but he's going to play outside linebacker in the 3-4. Yeah, um, they're saying his weaknesses are he doesn't get off blocks very well. He needs to find more pass rushing moves. Career accolades, he had 55 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and 10.5 sacks in, in uh, 16 starts. If you project that over over an NFL season, that's really good. But that's over two seasons because of, of his injury. So, listen, this, this guy is a seventh-round flyer. Let's see if he can rush the passer. Let's see if he's a special teams guy. Um, let's see what he can do. I wish I knew more about it, Joe Buck fan guys and best-in-class listeners. But there's really not much to, to learn about him other than he's a, a training camp guy. Let's look at who the Bucks signed free agent-wise, right? Some, some interesting guys. So, Kalen Geiger is a wide receiver out of Texas Tech. 5'10", 180 pounds. Had 184 catches for 2,158 yards, 9 touchdowns. Pro day numbers, he ran a 4.5, uh, 40, a 4.2 uh, shuttle, uh, which was really good. He did 10 on the bench press. Texas Tech wide receiver, Kalen Geiger. Vegas had him as a, as a priority free agent. Devin Tompkins, wide receiver out of Utah State, 5'8", 160 pounds. Listen to this production at 5'8", guys. 171 catches, 2,519 yards, 15 touchdowns. He had a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. Pro numbers, 4'4", 40, 4'8", second shuttle, 6.98, three cone. So here's a guy Vegas said was actually a draftable in the sixth or seventh round. Devin Tompkins, but he's only 5'8", but massive production. Oh, and by the way, he can return kicks and punts at an effective level, and he's fast. Let's see if he competes for a position on special teams. Here's my favorite guy that we drafted, or not, I'm sorry, not that we drafted, that went undrafted that we signed as a free agent, was Jareth Stearns, wide receiver of Western Kentucky. This was Billy Zappi's number one target. He led all of college football uh, in receiving. He's only 5'9", that's where the problem is. 183 pounds, he only plays the slot, which that's really small for the slot. But here, let me just go over what he did last year. 150 catches, 1,902 yards, and 17 touchdowns in one season. By the way, that's amazing. He ran a 4'4", uh, 40, 4'1", second shuttle, 40-inch vertical. So, again, he was supposed to be drafted in the sixth round. He lasted all the way because of his size. Let's see what the scouts say about him. He became the only the third player in college football history to have the receiving triple crown. He, uh, only Devontae Smith and, and Michael Crabtree have led the nation in receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. His averages of 10.7 receptions and 135 yards per game led all college players. His 150 receptions led the nation by 45 was the next closest. Um, so it's, this guy can catch, this guy can do it all, but he's little. And are you going to run and you're going to put this guy in the slot? Can he take the pounding of the NFL or is he going to be just more of a gadget player if he makes the team? We'll see how he does. Um, he's not a special teams player, but maybe they're going to try to make him in. But to me, to sign this guy as a flyer with those kind of numbers, I mean, that's, a, that's pretty amazing. I mean, Cooper Cup was that guy. I mean, I'm not saying in size. I'm saying Cooper Cup was one of those guys that put up these crazy numbers and they, everybody kept doubting him and doubting him. And now look at where he is. Okay, Kyler McC uh, Kyler. McMichael, cornerback out of North Carolina, 6'1", 210 pounds, 46 tackles, 7 pass defense, 1 interception. He ran a 3-4-40 at the combine, bench pressed 14 times. Um, next one, Don Gardner, cornerback out of South Dakota State, 6'1", 180, had 133 career tackles, 20 pass deflections, 4 interceptions. He ran a 4-4 at the combine. So if you guys are, are watching what he's doing on corners, all these corners are running below a 4-4. 
So he's signed as a free agent. So he's looking for speed at the cornerback position. Linebacker. Here's a guy, Alonkunu Fatakakis, right? That's a real thing, guys. I didn't just curse on, on my podcast, right? Linebacker. The interesting thing is this guy was projected as a fourth-round draft pick in the NFL, and he went undrafted. And it's because his 40 time dropped. So he ran a 4.78 at his pro day, 40. So he's 6'1", 234 pounds, 32-inch arms, 9.5 hits, hands. He had 302 tackles, 28 tackles for loss, 7 sacks and forced fumbles. I mean, this guy was all over the place uh, playing football. Um, and if this guy ran a 4.5, a 4.6, this guy gets drafted in the middle of the of the draft. He ran a four seven eight guys. I don't know if he's faster on the field than he did at his forty time, but massive production, massive size. Let's see if he turns into something. But again, the Buccaneers drafted him. Um, he could have gone as high as the fourth round. JJ Russell, linebacker out of Memphis, six one two twenty five. Uh, not much to say about him. He had 306 tackles, 24 tackles for loss, five sacks, and five, and five forced fumbles in his career. Jordan Young, linebacker, Old Dominion, 6'3", 230 pounds. Again, 338 tackles, 28 tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. Neither one of those guys that I just talked about had pro numbers for me to go by. Jojo Izugu, linebacker, Arkansas State, 6'2", 236, 142 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 13 sacks, though. A pass-rushing linebacker. He has no pro stats for me to go over as far as his measurables. Dylan Cook on the offensive line out of Montana. This was a draftable offensive lineman. Uh, 6'6", 308 pounds, 27 starts. Uh, he ran a 5 almost flat 40 dash, 4.8 second shuttle, 32-inch vertical. He did the bench press 20 times. Scouts say he's a capable athlete as a former quarterback. Teams value the agility and overall movement skill. Uh, decently experienced up front, even though he made the position change in college. Checks the length and box to play offensive tackle. So Dylan Cook looks like uh, a guy that we put on the practice squad and develop him into a uh, an offensive tackle. Let me see if there's another guy that I talked about. Curtis Blackwell, offensive line out of Ball State. I don't have much on him. 6'5", 308 pounds. Uh, there's no pro day stuff for me to read on him. Devontae Love Taylor, offensive line, Florida State. He's a tryout player, 6'4", 323 for the Florida State fans. There's really not much on him. He did have 32 career starts, so let's see if he if he makes it. Here's an interesting one. Fourth round grade on Nolan Turner, safety Clemson. Right, 6'1", 202 pounds, ran a 4'4", 640, uh, had 192 tackles. He was the team captain two times elected in a row of the entire team. Uh, he ran a 4'3", 740 at his Clemson Pro Day. Uh, reads quarterbacks and slides into passing lanes. Uh, finished career with 20 pass defenses, including seven interceptions. He's a very, very good tackler. Don't know why this guy dropped. Only Jason Light can answer that. But Nolan Turner looks like a guy that can actually make our team at safety. All right, so there you go, guys. We're wrapping up. Those were the Bucks draft picks and the free agent stuff. And we're going to be breaking it down all summer on Best in Class. So please um, hit the follow button on Apple, uh, Podbeam, Spotify. Please leave reviews for me. Please follow On Markets, which um, I'll be on that podcast next week. Very excited about it. Please check it out. Please follow the Tampa Bay Inferno. Fantastic. And my shout out to Lori, who, who just did this amazing job buying a car for me. And I hope that she becomes the first defensive line female coach in the NFL. I know she's so close. She's so close, guys. I just can't wait for her to make it. She deserves it. She's an amazingly hard worker for this Bucks. Jason Light, I know you listen to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and promote her now. Right, Make history tomorrow. Again, thank you for listening to uh, Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. Thank you, Grace, the best girl in the, in the whole world uh, as an assistant. Thank you for taking care of everything. Please contact me at bestinclass at billcurry.com. G. Thomas at billcurry.com. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa. 
Facebook, Instagram. You guys know where to follow us. You guys have a great day, and I look forward to the summer. We can really break down these players and see what they do in underwear football. Thanks, guys.